It's the Cavaliers Basketball Club Podcast. It's basketball time in the queue. Love picks up Curry. Kyrie Irving from downtown. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. It's over. It's over. The 52 is over. The Cavaliers have won the NBA championship. Cleveland, this is for you. Sexton works on Irving. Hey. The shoot around. We started this offseason by recording episodes featuring a specific player on the team, and with free agency in full swing, we thought we would talk about the man of the hour, Colin Sexton. Exactly. The Cavs have a big question in respect to signing Sexton. For a lot of fans and the franchise, he marks the transition into the new era of Cavs basketball. And we wanted to get in our takes as to why he should and hopefully will remain a Cavalier. The Cavs extended a qualifying offer to Sexton for $7.2 million at the beginning of free agency. Can you explain the delay in not getting him signed or make the case why they need him? So I think the biggest delay, obviously, is money. Money is everything. We live in a capitalist society, so that's what most people care about. And I think that Colin Sexton's team is trying to figure out how they can leverage a larger deal for the Cavs, while the Cavs have also been making some moves to free up some space, most notably, depending on how the deal breaks down with Ricky Rubio, they could have Jetty Osmond or Dylan Windler part of that deal to get rid of that contract. Osmond's contract, I believe, is around $7 million and Windler's is around 4 so that could free up some space for the team. Currently, the team has roughly 15 million dollars in space just for this season so if they got rid of jetty or got rid of dylan they would have over 20 million dollars and we have heard from sexton's camp that they believe that colin is worth over 20 million dollars a year that is a very intriguing situation because as you and i have talked about you know colin his past seasons, he's been a stellar scorer. He averaged 24 points. His previous season before he got hurt, you know, last year he only averaged 16, but he only played in 11 games. His sophomore season, he averaged 20 points. So he's a player that can produce offensively, but the knock on him is that he is a little small for a two yard and that he is maybe not the greatest passer or the best team player at times because he does have a little bit of tunnel vision so over 20 million dollars a year is a lot of money but in my mind the Cavs should re-sign Colin Sexton to a deal that is best for both parties and in my mind that's somewhere between the 15 to 20 million dollar range I don't think it's technically over 20 million dollars only because he is coming back from a major injury And I don't know if it makes sense for him to be a starter. And you and I have discussed this a lot. And we both kind of feel like he would be best coming off the bench. And I think it's a little bit difficult to sign a player who only played 11 games last year and 
would be a bench player technically i would look at it if the deal is closer to between 15 and 20 million dollars a year i would be able to swallow that a little bit more as a fan what do you think well, all good points. Um, you definitely brought up some of the stats that I was going to mention as far as what he contributed the season before his injury. What he did last season was 11 games worth, and it was on a team that some new pieces had been added. People were still trying to figure out kind of their roles and how things were going to gel. So I don't really look at his stats all that seriously from last season, but they still should be mentioned. He averaged six about Field goals made a game, shooting about almost 14 attempts. So 45% from the field, 25% from three, 75% from the free throw line. And he averaged about 16 points a game. But again, very small test. The previous seasons are much more indicative of what he gives you night in and night out. So yeah, that year before, 60 games, about nine field goals made a game out of about 18 attempts. So almost 50%, but 47.5% from the field. 37% from three, 81.5% from the free throw line, ended up about 24 points per game. That's the Colin that was steadily on that trajectory every year of his career until last season with the injury. Now, I don't know how severe a meniscus tear is. Everything I've read, it's not that severe of an injury. He shouldn't have any lingering issues, no problems with his career. It's not like an ACL tear or something more severe in that regard. From everything that I've read, you can have lingering pain, other issues, creakiness in the knee, who knows what he'll experience. It's great to see video of him jumping up and dunking the ball, but we've got to see what he can do coming into the year. I think nowadays with the way that the salary cap has completely changed what these guys get paid sitting in the middle to the end of the bench, the idea that Sexton isn't worth 15 to $20 million a year, I think he's proven it, especially now that the Cavs have said, all right, Garland, after one season of showing us what we hoped you would be, we'll give you on average $46 million a year. I know that fair is a place where people judge pigs, But I really believe that in all fairness, Colin deserves at least 15 to 20 million. And if I was the Cavaliers right now, there's the rumor being floated that they offered him about three years, $51 million. I'd give him three years, 60 and just end the conversation. I don't know why they can't make that work, especially if the third year is an option of some kind. Bring him back for two years and then let that third year be contingent on a few things. But either way, bring this man back. For three seasons prior, he kept you relevant in the league, and he did everything you asked him to do. He's one of the hardest workers I've seen in a long time, maybe since LeBron coming into our team. And we can be so much more as a as a team, as an organization, with Colin at the helm, still being a leader in this franchise. So pay him what his camp is asking for, $20, 22000000 million, and be done with it. You know, just shorten the contract if you have to. The only thing I would ask you is is there an amount of money that you would not feel great about in how much money he was getting paid what if it was 23 to 25 i've been saying bring him back on a lebron type contract Mm -hmm. not in money but in years (laughs) so first year guaranteed second year an option if people want three years for whatever reason, fine. But but I've been hoping for a two-year deal somewhere between 40 and $60 million, depending on what he wanted. Now, if it's a two-year deal at $60 million, then clearly I was willing to give him $30 million a year just to bring him back and see 
what was possible. Now, I'm not looking at the books that tight. <laughs> I'm not here uh, to say that that would even work financially. But what would I be ultimately willing to pay him? Garland is getting paid well over that. Yeah. For what I believe Sexton can be, I would pay him at least $30 million a year in a perfect situation. The problem is that this isn't a perfect situation. This is a Cleveland situation where we have drafted a guy and brought him along that really probably belongs at the point guard position, but now he's a two guard, undersized. And what do you do about that? Do you bring him back? And if so, do you lock up a, a huge amount of your team's wealth in your backcourt when you've kind of already proven that that won't work, mm-hmm. that you're going to need to have one or two studs, taller guys in the front court assisting your backcourt? So, yeah, I don't it's a little bit madness. I don't have the answer here. Sexton's worth is one thing. The Cavs needs are another. Mm hmm. When it comes to needs, then I think the answer is more, I'd like Colin to be signed for under 23. And I'd like it to still be two years, three years option, whatever. What do you think? Well, I definitely think 30 would be a little rich for my blood. The main element that I think that you and I have agreed on the most is a shorter contract. I think that a two to three year deal makes the most sense for him because The team and Colin both need to figure out what it is that they value out of each other. They both clearly value each other, but because of the injury, that is a little askew right now because of the fact that, yes, he did produce before his injury, but the team is a playoff caliber team now, so they kind of need to make sure that what Colin is coming in with, you know, continues to help everything grow. And I think that it will because I think that he's that type of player, but a shorter contract allows them the ability to say hey you know what your worth is this you know we're paying you over 20 maybe 20 to 21 million dollars a year but you're also getting the chance to if you prove it to us and the rest of the league you're actually worth a lot more than that you're not locked in on a four or five year contract that's you know less a season and it's kind of easier to digest you and I in our personal lives are not paid enough money to actually sit down with Colin Sexton and Kobe Altman and you know hash out a deal that's why we're doing a podcast we get no money from this I agree with you the nuance that's needed around all of this is so difficult because Colin has been the face of this franchise up until this season essentially when Mobley got drafted and yeah Darius is definitely he's a high profile player as well but really the tide changed when Mobley got picked because it's Evan Mobley look at him so but because they did tout him so much I think that he's owed a good amount of cash but I'm also like I laid out earlier I'm hesitant to give him too much because the way I see him fitting into the team is more of a sixth man but you're also right the salary cap is gonna always get bigger and there are a lot of sixth men that get more money than that Kevin Love gets 29 million dollars a year and he was a sixth man Well, and to say $30 million may seem rich, too rich for your blood for this. And I understand you can't sign everybody to four or five year deals. You can't lock everybody up to 200 to $300 million contracts. So some people have to be journeymen that come in and kind of round out what you're doing. And if you look at what the Warriors did, they had a big three and and added a fourth 
in Kevin Durant. And in some ways, I kind of see, I'm not saying they're the same type of player, but I see a comparison in what the Cavaliers can do by keeping Colin Sexton. Now, all of a sudden, you're adding a possibly, like we said, 25 and 5 guy a night. That's, he actually is coming from your team. You just don't remember because you had to play an entire season without him. So now he's coming back in. You could get him at a premium. You can't get him at a four or five year deal anymore because the nature of your team has changed and the people that you've picked up, everything has changed. But you could say, hey, Colin, we'd like to sign you to two-year deals for the next six years and keep you here as we continue to fight for a championship and possibly win multiple championships. And furthermore, in that regard, you may have to overpay slightly to keep a guy like Colin around. But that's fine because in today's NBA, you have enough cash that you can say, all right, we'll overpay this guy to keep him here every couple of years. And then if it doesn't work out, he goes and the big contract opens up and you bring in another name and you fill the void with another name. That's also in line with what other franchises are doing, where Bobby Portis, who plays for the Milwaukee Bucks, he played on a really small contract last season, about a five to six million dollar a year contract, did not re-up with the Bucks, but probably had a, a handshake agreement and came back for a four year, $49 million a year contract. And Portis is one of their best players in the sense of what he contributes to the Bucks because he's a really good outside shooter. He's got size at 6'10, and he also can spell Giannis at times. What you're kind of hitting on is kind of an intriguing idea of, of telling Sexton's camp, yeah, we'll give you some money up front, but we're also going to try to work out something here where you're always going to be kind of that x-factor guy where maybe we only do two years and it's this much money but then that next contract will try to guarantee you even more and you'll still have a similar role so you'll get your comfort level here instead of having to restart with a new franchise if you go somewhere else well, and I love your comparison for the Bucks because, yeah, you're talking about spelling Giannis. Well, Sexton and Garland, in the most perfect world, would be spelling each other. You know, yes, it's great when they're out on the court together, but what an amazing duo to have back each other up where one is always on the court. I don't know. I, I still believe in Sexland being something that, that we should see through. Sexton has improved every year that he has played. Is there anything else in his game that he needs to get better at? I don't know what Sexton's position is. I don't know what he should do moving forward. I know what I'd like him to do, which is playing more of a sixth-man role, coming in, being the point guard off the bench, and possibly still rotating into the two. He's proven he can play it, but... I have a problem seeing him be the starting shooting guard on this team moving forward. It may work for one season, but I just don't see it working for the long haul. I would say that if he stays as a shooting guard, then he needs to revert back to the previous season and he needs to figure out a way to be as comfortable with these new guys as he was with the team two years ago. And I'd like to see his assists per game inch closer to five. If he moves to a point guard, then assists need to go up bigger than that. And I would say probably his points would go down just because his minutes would change. But I don't see him needing to average more than 20-25 if Garland could push closer to 30. That would be enough for the, for the two of them to average almost 60 points a night between the two of them. 
So that's that's pie in the sky that I I'm not even sure I believe is possible. What do you think he could do to improve his game? I mean, the specific thing that I think he can do to improve his game, and I alluded to earlier, and it kind of plays off of what you were mentioning, is his tunnel vision. There are times in games where his vision for the rest of the floor and the court just isn't there. So I think that that's why he has struggled as a ball handler at times, as a point guard, and why the Cavs even moved him over to shooting guard. Obviously, also drafting Darius basically means that one of them is going to be the starting point guard, and Darius does have better court vision. He's a better passer. He is shooting really well. I still think that Colin needs to kind of deal with his tunnel vision because of the fact of if he does get signed to the Cavs with a deal, he will be coming to a roster that acts a lot differently than compared to what he was used to for the previous three seasons. He's dealing with an Evan Mobley who is more than likely the up-and-coming young talent for the Cavs and the face of the franchise. He's dealing with Jared Allen, who has more offensive ability now, and he's only played 11 games with Larry Markkinen. Those are the other starters. For me, overall, Colin just needs to understand how to be a better contributor to the rest of the team while still being included offensively because of the fact that he, at times in the past, would only think about scoring or only thinking about a specific type of pass into the low post or trying to find a cutter so that's what i would say is that it's it's kind of more of a nuanced look at his overall feel of the game to cut down on how often he would only focus on one thing one other thing to mention i noticed that uh, an article that was put up about an hour ago they're mentioning that people around the nba apparently see colin sexton's value far lower than anticipated so the Cavs were willing to say, oh, yeah, 18, 20 million. No, we're, we're not going to give you that. Now it looks like his value is being rumored to be closer to 10 to 12 million a year. I feel very bad for Colin because I think barring the injury and just timing with when his contract was due up, he, yeah, he's worth more than than 10 to 12 million dollars. That's a slap in the face. Oh, for sure. We talked about it when John Hollinger did that weird assessment on oh he's only worth 10 million dollars a year hollinger used to work for the grizzlies he worked in their front office when you have media information that goes out to folks who used to work in front offices of other teams that doesn't bode well on getting a larger deal and i agree with you if they're gonna look at it that way he should definitely get 15 million dollars just because of the fact of all the time and energy that he's put into this team and just it's not his fault that he had the injury the final seconds do you think sex land will ever work I think what we know of Sexland, the way that it was the year that Garland actually was the starting point guard and Sexton was the actual starting shooting guard for more than 11 games, I don't think that that's coming back. I think that iteration of Sexland is not going to be with the Cavaliers anymore. I think it'll be more in the capacity of one of them probably Colin coming off the bench and then playing together or kind of what you alluded to earlier where they're kind of backing each other up in the point guard position. 
it's not so much that will it ever work. It's more of a question of will they ever be allowed to try it again. And it's really up in arms right now. I think that the Cavs are sincere that they want him back, but we just have to wait and find out. Should he finish his career as a Cavalier? Two things come to mind. Number one, I'm not sure because I don't know if he's earned that. I would say that I would like him to have the opportunity to earn it. But if he gets shipped off, if we don't get to see what was possible, then I would love to see him come back and finish his career as a Cavalier. Because if this just didn't work out in with the timing of, I think we're still going to be pretty good six, seven years on. I think that we've got a formula now as an organization that we're going to be a team like the Warriors, like the Spurs, a team that you have to consider every year for quite some time. And fingers crossed, if that's the case, then if Sexton has to go, it would be great to have him come back. It's always a shot in the dark that that's ever going to happen because if, if he's going to go away and have a great career somewhere else, probably going to stay there. And if he's going to be a journeyman that jumps around, okay, but he's not that type of player, that type of personality. So I would be surprised if that was his trajectory in his career. I think it's going to be one and done if this is all we have. And so I guess, yeah, bittersweet. You'd always like to see a guy spend his whole career with you, but we'll find out. What do you think? I'd love it if he's, he finished his career as a Cav, mainly because he was the first drafted player in the first round for the team since LeBron left the second time. So it would be awesome to have him finish in Cleveland. I do think that he likes the franchise and the players that he plays with here. It would be weird for me to see him in another uniform, but I also understand how transient the NBA is. I mean, we've we've been doing recordings recently where you know, all the stuff in Brooklyn, you know, LeBron himself has been on multiple different teams. So it's very rare to have a guy like Steph Curry now start and end their career probably on one team. And even Steph at the end of his career, could go to another franchise just to be a sharpshooter off the bench. You could totally see that. So the NBA is pretty transient now. So I I would say it's a 50-50 chance that Colin would finish somewhere else. If Sexton had played last year, how deep into the playoffs would the Cavs have gone? I think the Cavs would have been at least in the top five because one of the big issues that they had was they didn't have any more people who could handle the ball, who could pass and who could dribble and break down defenses. They had Darius and Karras kind of. So having Colin as well would have really been extremely beneficial to a team who limped its way into the plan and i think that the Cavs would have made a lot more noise in the postseason with colin for sure 100 percent. i think he was he was the ominous warning that the season was not going to go as planned and that we were going to have to deal with injury to a degree that not just, oh, this guy's out for a couple of games or a couple of weeks. We lost one of our best players and one of the biggest leaders on this team, not even 12 games into the season. So I think given that we were in the top five defensively for most of the year, we had one of the toughest schedules to start the season all the way until the All-Star break. And yet we were right there. Really, the last 25 games or so, is it just didn't go our way. But if we had been whole, and if Sexton had been leading the charge from day one, the outcome, I think, would have been far greater. 
And I know I've always been optimistic to a fault of what the Cavs could achieve with this team, but that's why I'm salivating at the idea of bringing him back. I really think that we could be unbelievably good with everybody fully healthy. So yeah, they would have gone far. Can Colin take a backseat and not be the face of the franchise? think he already has i've seen a guy not try to step out in front of anybody i haven't seen him try to take the headlines like a Kyrie. i haven't heard hardly anything from him at all other than how excited he was to try to get back with the team before the end of the year and that he's just rehabbing as hard as he can to get the best results and in the last couple of weeks we saw him on the bench with the team cheering everybody on in street clothes. There's still been that conversation that he's the first one in, last one out of the building whenever he can be. So Colin, I think, doesn't care about being the face. I think he cares about being a good teammate and a leader for his guys. And I think that something that I heard a lot when he was gone, like to a T, whether it was Allen or Garland or Markinen, Love, that they all looked forward to Sexton coming back and that this was his team and that they were not the same without him. And so I think because of Garland's emergence and because of Mobley's pickup and now even Ochai, it's not possible for Sexton to be the face of this franchise anymore. But I think that he never cared about that, so it's fine. I agree with you that I don't think he cares about being the ultimate face or the player that gets the most attention i do think on the basketball court he might struggle a little bit with not being the go-to scorer at times i know in previous seasons jb had to kind of go back and forth between him and darius to close out games occasionally with this new lineup with these new players coming in you might have Neto and obviously ricky if he's healthy fulfill more of that role I don't think Colin will struggle with that overall idea of what you laid out of him being the quote-unquote face, but he might struggle a little bit with what happens on the floor, but I also think that he is gifted enough to overcome any of those challenges. He's a freakish athlete, definitely the fastest player on the Cavs, possibly the top five fastest player in the NBA, With all those players that he has around him, he now truly has a complete team around him for the first time since he's been a Cavalier. Thank you for listening to the Cavaliers Basketball Club podcast. Let's go Cavs!